0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. So, Sunday was Ohio's birthday, Steve. Oh, happy birthday, Ohio. Yeah, and I'm going to give you a guess as to how old Ohio is. And to help you out, I'm going to give you just two numbers to pick from. 217 or 67? I find it hard to believe 67, so I'm going to say 217. Okay, well, you know what? I I probably didn't do you a favor there because truth is there is a good argument for both. Here's the thing. Even though Ohio has acted as and been treated as if statehood had been granted on March 1, 1803, So much was done wrong in that process that Congress had to formally grant Ohio statehood in 1953, retroactive to 1803. Technically, one could argue Ohio was not the 17th state admitted to the Union. It was the 48th state, barely beating Hawaii and Alaska. (laughs) Hey, you know, America was young back in 1803. Independence had been declared less than 30 years earlier, so the founding fathers were still getting used to how this was supposed to work. But even more startling, Steve, and, and I think you might have fun with this idea, Imagine the arguments that ensued after it was learned how Ohio statehood fell through the cracks. For heaven's sake, Ohio contributed eight presidents to the White House. (laughs) I mean, if we're going to be sticklers, what did that mean for the country? So let's go back to how this whole mess got started. Ohio was part of the Northwest Territory, and the process for carving it out to become a state began on April 30. 1802, when Congress passed the Enabling Act. That's the first step, and it draws the state's boundaries and gives settlers permission to draw up a state constitution. Here's where we ran into the first problem. Territories that wanted to become states needed 60,000 people to qualify for statehood. The U.S. Census showed Ohio had a mere 45,000 living here, The argument at the time was that the census was taken in 1800 and by the time the year-long process of statehood was completed, there would probably be enough pioneers sailing in by way of the Ohio River or Lake Erie or maneuvering their wagons along Zane's Trace to make up the difference. This isn't a perfect argument by any means. Today, for instance, if a village wants to become a city, It has to wait for the official census count. You can't just guess. But clearly, Washington, D.C. winked and nodded and did just that. So, Ohio convened a constitutional convention and completed its work on a state constitution in November of 1802. This was a really big deal. When it was done, Thomas Worthington jumped on his horse and raced to the nation's capital to deliver the document. Problem number two, no one bothered to submit the state constitution to voters. There's no loophole for this one. We are a republic. Eligible voters were supposed to be the ones approving the document that was going to rule their lives. Anyway, the document arrived in Washington, D.C. safely, and on February 19, 1803, Congress voted to extend its federal laws to Ohio. Back in Ohio, the new governor, Edward Tiffin, and his legislators set up shop in the state capital of Chillicothe and went to work. Did you know the state's capital used to be in Chillicothe? Yes. uh, You told me that a long time ago. Uh, Did I? Well, it was there for eight years, and then it was moved to Zanesville, and then it was moved back to Chillicothe. By 1816, they decided to move it to Columbus. It was a more centralized location, and that's where it stayed. I guess I shouldn't be saying state capital, though, because, you know, we were in a state. We were in a state, right. <laughs> you know why? Problem number three. Okay. Congress forgot to pass the resolution that declared <laughs> Ohio a state. The most basic step was completely missed. How do you forget to do that? Extending federal laws before the paperwork that formed you into a state is like putting the cart before the horse, then forgetting the horse altogether, because they never went back and fixed it. Not until 1953. It was the eve of Ohio's supposed 150th birthday, and some researchers preparing for the sesquicentennial found they couldn't acquire the single document a state might want to feature in such a celebration. It's birth certificate, an 1803 document showing it had been declared a state. It didn't exist because it had never been done. Now, here's where the real trouble began, because there are ramifications to learning Ohio was illegitimate, starting with, as I said before, Ohio gave the country eight presidents. So if the likes of Ulysses Grant and William McKinley were really just foreign regimes. (laughs) What about actions they took while in office? Ohio's William Taft was the president when the federal income tax was instituted. In 1953, there were people now literally demanding the refund of a lifetime of income tax payments. Libertarians so, went crazy. <laughs> they went crazy. <laughs> oh, some folks even took their arguments to court. The judges said, you know, sh- shut up, go away, and keep paying your taxes. <laughs> but the stakes were so high that Congress had to make it right. And one can question the legality of it all, but there was no court of law that was going to argue against it because to undo 150 years of federal activity in relation to Ohio would have thrown the entire country into chaos. And so state legislators in Columbus and federal legislators in Washington, D.C., retraced their steps. In Ohio, legislators who were now based in Columbus went over to the original capital of Chillicothe, drafted a new petition for statehood, And, just for kicks, sent it to Washington via horseback, just like the original. Congress passed a resolution declaring Ohio to be one of the United States of America, and President Dwight Eisenhower signed it on August 7, 1953. The declaration made statehood retroactive to March 1, (laughs) 1803. Ohio finally had a birth certificate. Newspapers all over the country reporting the action referred to it lightly, saying the president was going along with a gag and that the whole thing was done tongue-in-cheek. Some constitutional experts said nothing was amiss. Ohio was unique and that it fell between two processes. There were different processes in place for the first 16 states. The process changed again when Louisiana was admitted as the 18th state, But in the year that Ohio was admitted, the technical language that guided state and others, of course, argued it was no joke. Scholars and historians were very serious in their debates. And many concluded that even in retroactivity, there were some things that couldn't be righted. Ohioans never got to vote on their state constitution. And technically, Ohio wasn't even eligible to ask for statehood in 1803. Because its population was simply too low. (laughs) Well, happy birthday, Ohio, again anyway. Either way. (laughs) Well, that's it for our midweek 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week, and may all of your mysteries have happy endings.